General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, a podcast covering Blood Red Skies, a game of World War II aerial combat. Thanks for joining us tonight. Tonight, we have Brett and Chris back on the podcast together, which that's going to be enough trouble. But we're joined by our special guest, John Russell. And John's title is the Event Commander for North America for Warlord. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for the invite. Really, really happy to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you on. Hey, John. This is Brett. Thanks so much for joining us. It's awesome to have you. Thank yeah, you. John. This is Chris. Thank you man. very much. Really glad thanks to have you on Chris. the podcast. Excellent. I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. Excellent. So what we want to talk about tonight is a couple different topics. And I know our listeners probably want us to bombard you with questions about MIG Alley, ground attack, all these future things coming up. But we do want to talk a little bit about what you are supposedly the expert on, which is growing the hobby. So we talked <laughs> to Mitch a couple of weeks ago, and Mitch can't stop saying good things about you, which obviously Chris and Brett and I can't understand because I think we hate you for getting us into another game. And, uh, and I just went for pizza, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah. That's, that's Chris's line and he'll stick to it. But, uh, you know, we really want to start off and talk a little bit about what you saw at Historicon and some other conventions about bringing people into the game and, and people's experience there. Because unfortunately, I kind of cut Mitch off the other day when he was talking and he was telling us about you know, four of his grognard friends that rolled up that probably were skeptic, skeptics about could blood tankers. They're um, all tankers. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, how did that game go? Because I was, I was kind of disappointed he didn't beat you around the table, but he said it was a good well, game. Well, the bottom line is you got to remember the, the golden rule, always let the Wookiee win. Exactly. My <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was over... Uh, Last, uh, oh Jesus, it was only in March. This is past March. We were playtesting some of the MIG Alley, and I did, uh, we did four games in three hours, and I was MIGs most of the time. And I just, the MIG is a, is a powerful, powerful aircraft in that game. And, and if you can know your tactics, you have to do the, 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 this, you have to change the switch in your head from, from, uh, from pistons to jets because it's, it's a whole other tactic. And absolutely, once you get it, once you get it, that those MIGs can just tear into things, and if you position yourself right. But on the flip side, you want people to enjoy themselves. It's, it's nothing worse than watching a brand new novice FNG guy walk into the table and just get slaughtered, and the guys start laughing about it. I'm like, well, you just lost another player there. Great move there, pal. And uh, <laughs> there was a couple times I could have could have tried to push or something, but it was it was fun to try to get these guys involved and. They were tankers, and they had a bowl. I think at the end, they grudgingly wouldn't say it out loud, but I think they had a good time. And if yeah, you looked in their excellent. eyes and you talked to them, they had a good time. And it was it's the great thing about Blood Ritz guys and Mig Alley is it's got and there's other games we used to do in the past with Warlord. It's got it, 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 it can fill a time slot. You know, you got 20 minutes, you got 30, you know, three hours. It, Blood Ritz guys and Mig Alley will fit that in spades and then it's got a uh i call a cinematic effect you can see the movie in your head right and it's a it's a great easy the the, the system it's intuitive once you figure it out it's it's it just it's easy my record right now so far is uh at NashCon last year i was in my booth and i had 11 guys walk up to my booth and said we want to learn how to play blood red skies i'm like well okay gotta bust open another box because i only got 12 <laughs> aircraft Exactly. So 
11 guys, 22 aircraft, from hello, my name is John, this is Blood Ritz, guys, to knock it off, knock it off, game over, one hour and 45 minutes. Nice. 22 nice. aircraft. It was amazing. And after about the second turn, third turn, it was intuitive, and they got it. So same thing happened in Big Alley. And uh, Mitch had some great painted up uh, MiGs and, and uh, Sabres. Uh, it's all about the slash attack and getting position. Even more so position, you know, Luf Barrow always said, you know, it's, you know, altitude is, is, is life. And, and, and this game is proven with, with the, with the uh, Sabres and the MiGs. It's really, really uh, intuitive. You have to have that altitude to go into the fight and then slash and get out. And Andy said, right now he's only going to do MiGs and, and Sabres unless, you know, there's an interest. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's a ton of interest. <laughs> people are screaming for meteors. People so are screaming so for hold Panthers. that thought for a second because sure, sure. I want to I want to reattack on one thing. I mean, and I always feel bad when when Chris and I refer to Blood Ritz guys as a beer and pretzels game. But I think we do that a lot as as really kind of a compliment because it's something yeah, that you can sure. pick up quickly. Take somebody who is not an experienced war gamer, throw them in it and and they enjoy it. We, we saw a number of guys that were experienced 40K players and then oh, yeah. not experienced war gamers at all that within, you know, a turn or two, they'd picked it up. And, you know, it was it was a lot of fun for people to push the airplanes they wanted to around the table and not feel constrained by a lot of realism. Uh, you didn't have to dig up the rule out of the rule book. It was all exactly. in the card of the cheat sheet. It, it was all, it was all yep. the card. So it's when guys said, hey, we want to fly Lindley's Wildcats, I just threw them my Wildcat card from mm. uh, from the box, and and we yep. did that instead of Spitfire. So yep. I think there's there's a lot of fun to that. Um, yeah. That, that I call it. That, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. I was just saying, that, that really kind of leads into the why I think so many people want the other aircraft is they've realized that it's fun to play with the aircraft in the game, and they all kind of want that cinematic feel. They've either seen movies with these other aircraft or, or kind of like Brett read a lot of the, uh, the history where you go, wow, you know, having sky Knights shooting down MIGs in night combat, you know, <laughs> that kind of sets oh, yeah. the mind, the mind going about yeah. what could be done. Well, well, I always think of it as chess in space. And I, I go back to that old, that old eighties game, Othello, easy to learn lifetime, the master. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's the, the, the ability and, and the scope to play and, even if Andy doesn't do anything more, people are going to come up with some stats and some different ideas for these other aircraft. Now, when we were playing, we got into the discussion about missiles and stuff, and Andy's very, very hesitant, and this is just me, John Russell, saying, but Andy was talking about he's hesitant to go into missile age because how do you do it? Does then the missiles get the cards? Do you want to do it? And after a while, it's all, you know, beyond my sight, and it's, you know, there's a lot of fun. But, I mean... <laughs> uh, and, and don't get me wrong either. I mean, there's some there's some great games out there. Uh, I personally love Check Your Six, and it's great. And, and, well, and it's, that and was going to be what I was going to compare it to. That I think I think people may sometimes confuse uh, BVR missile attacks and all this stuff with a level of complexity mm -hmm. that well, we're not really simulating gunshots very well in this game either. In the mm -hmm. in the level mm -hmm. of complexity, we're super generalizing it, and and I think that's kind of what makes it fun. That, that yeah. I love going through the the check your six source book and you're looking at the table for each of the air to air missiles. You're like, wow, this is almost like SPI's air war. Not quite. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I was going to do that or, or that old. almost like it. Yeah, it's you know SPI's that one, and then there was you, you remember old TAC Air and all that other ones, right. and, and right. from from the old Project Warrior days that you had you know we had those games. And but it you was, know what's funny? I I kind of liken Blood Red Skies, and it's only hit me this in the last week or so. I don't know if you ever played A-10 Tank Killer. That was a combination oh, yeah. card game and counters. There's a, there's a strange mix of, 
of how the game was played on a table. Uh, yeah. But Blood Red Skies reminds me of that with miniatures. It's yeah. It's got a, an ease of play, but that all it needs to make something more complex is another deck of cards or another, you know, marker for flak or whatever. So I think I think there's a lot, sure. of, a lot of depth there. Well, you had air superiority and you had air attack. You know, those old GW games that were fantastic. Had the cards, right. it was great. What I'd go into, when I first go into a, a Blood Red Skies demo, I just use the planes. I don't use any cards. I don't, I just, it's just straight up uh, four on four or two on two. Uh, and, I, and I give them a little bit of attention when I make them roll for their position in the aircraft. And I, I make sure that they're separated just enough that even if they are disadvantaged, by the time they get in the engagement range, they're all advantaged. So right. that becomes that maneuver thing. And, and, and when you're done with the game, you say, what'd you think? And they go, oh, it was kind of fun. I said, okay, basically all you got was a hamburger and a bun. You want a little <laughs> lettuce, a little onion, a, a little ketchup? Now let's add a little layers into the game and let's put in, air, you know, the doctrine cards. Let's put in the ace cards. Let's put in the tactics cards. Let's put in those equipment cards now that we have in, in the booster packs. Right, right. That's, you know, now you got your lettuce. Now you got your onion. Now you got your tomato. Now you got a... a a Big Mac, you know, a little special sauce, and you're ready to roll. So you went from a plain old hamburger and a bun to, oh, my God, I could eat this forever. You know? Yeah, well, so, and Brett really can talk to it, you know, because I know we played up there with no no cars or anything like it, like that. It was just the aircraft and the basic rules. Brett, how easy was it to quickly transition, you know, two or three games later to full cards? It was easy. I mean, in, what, one night, we, you know, a handful of games, we easily had the uh, – the order of operations down for the game, you know, the sequence of events that you take, the pilot actions, all had that pretty much all sorted. We had the, uh, you know, the basic movement and all that stuff worked out. I mean, with, with confidence where we knew, we felt like we knew how we were supposed to play. And then we were just working on trying to get better at, you know, tactics and yeah. you know, stuff like that. I didn't think the cards was a hard part to pick up at all. I mean, that for me, I like the card mechanic because coming from yeah, but where you're I an old from, magic gamer, aren't you? I, I, oh, 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 oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, no, hey, no. We're all friends here. What are you doing? Like I said, we, no, we no, hit I shower and get earlier. Thank you. <laughs> you don't live in your mom's basement. You live in your own basement. So Absolutely. You know, that's, right. that's only because that's where my wife makes me game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did we do wrong in the beginning? What There was some, some basic rule component, maybe something with the boom chits or something that we weren't doing exactly right, but we figured out after the weekend we played. Oh, uh, we weren't taking the second boom chit because yeah, it was, oh, it was shot, oh, Doug's, yeah. Doug's pathological problem with the boom chit mechanic that Andy can beat me up on, <laughs> but that's fine. We, we were not taking that second boom chit. Um, but it, you know, in our defense, uh, I think in a lot of those, those games we played, especially when you had eight V eight, there were a heck of a lot of boom chits accumulated with oh, nobody yeah. shot down. <laughs> yep. And well, I, that, that, that hour and 45 minute game I played with all those guys in Ashcon, only one aircraft was shot down. Yeah. And I, right, I didn't, right. for me personally, you know, the Doctrine card, the Homeland card, you know, taking boom chits away every time that card comes up, that was one I didn't know about. So I, I thought I could only play it once. So that was a big learning curve for me too. You know, we were playing, you were playing Germans with numbers against me. So you had the two extra planes. And right. I'm like, oh man, all my Homeland shit gives me is one boom <laughs> shit, you know, at the beginning yep. of the game. I'm like, oh no, I can play that every time it yeah, comes up. Yeah, that's, that's, away. Yeah. 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 that's a mind opener too when you finally figure out that after each aircraft's movement, you refresh your deck. And that's just a killer. Just, wow. I mean, I don't have to burn these cars. No, they'll come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, and it, it took us a while to figure out the combos, but when you start playing mm-hmm. the bonus cards in there and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give up this great climb card just so I can hang on to the, uh, to the theater of the doctrine card. That, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that is, that's yet another layer of, 
of tactics that I enjoy. It's not um, Grognar's not going to walk in there and go, oh, well, it's a perfect representation of the ME-109's capability to outclimb people. <laughs> but we're not looking for that. We're, we're looking for a player to make a tactical decision. Hmm, do I ditch the card? Do I keep the card? And is now the right time to play it? Because I think it was, I don't remember whether it was Chris or Brett, I, one of you guys held onto your hand for like the entire game. You were so afraid to burn cards. Like, I got to save these perfect ace cards for just the right moment. <laughs> well, it's how do I get that advantage? How do I get yeah. that advantage? Absolutely. Well, Brett, I know you had a couple questions uh, of things that you were going to ask about, you know, where Warlord was going with with some of the uh, the products for Blood Red Skies. So, well, let me just relate kind of my first experience with, you know, as we've cracked open the starter kit and played a bunch of games and stuff. And I don't think my experience is unique. I'm sure a lot of people have the same sentiment I do. But um, when we came to Adepticon and saw the, the boxes and the extra uh squadron boxes and stuff i i was i mean, i, I, I want to get luftwaffe those are so cool and it wasn't because of any great knowledge i have of their aircraft or their history or any of that stuff it's just i thought they look cool right so that's what i wanted to do so we got home with all that stuff busted open the box and you know see the the um, the scenario car the, the scenario emissions that come with the box set and we were real eager to play all that stuff and anyway then started painting everything which was a you know huge uh thing for me i really got a lot out of that but it forced me to or it, it, it um, inspired me i guess is probably the right word to do a lot of background research and read a lot of books and dive into some stuff i had laying around the house that i didn't realize i had to learn a lot more about what's going on and, and i would have done that you know on my own but it was because uh, of the hobby component right I, so i had 110s and i had 109s and i wanted to paint them up right and i was like hey you know i wonder battle of britain what were the you know probably they had different you know, squadron markings and, you know, things like that, that might've made the aircraft unique. And, you know, I learned a ton in just the first few weeks of um, diving into that stuff and starting to paint my models. And so anyway, I really had a lot of fun doing all that. And then when we played, like we've already talked about uh, that the rules were really easy to figure out and start having a lot of fun with right away. And like you said, super cinematic game, right? Mm -hmm. With the, with all our models on the table looking cool and with a nice mat on the table. I mean, it was like you said, it was like a movie on our table and it was a ton of fun. And the, so that kind of leads me to the, the biggest question I had since we've been talking back and forth among the three of us, we've been saying, Hey, you know, I wonder if there's any plans warlord might have to somehow maybe, maybe release a booklet or a, a book of some kind that just has a scenario uh, scenarios based on you know actions that happen in different eras of the war. So maybe, you know, battle more, more expanded battle of Britain, uh, scenarios to play out. I, I think that kind of thing for me would certainly activate the chip on my head and drive me to collect and paint a lot more stuff. And if there were things like that for you know each era of the war, different theaters or whatever, oh man, I would go nuts because maybe I'm a completionist, but I would say, oh man, I have to have that squadron and I have to build you know all the components. Well, you're a gamer, so you're a collector, so you want everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so, one anyway, of the yeah, that was my that was kind of the top of mind thing for me to ask you about. Sure, no worries. There's a there's a, a couple things. Uh, all the rabbit holes you go down when you start looking at things and you start researching, and and uh, I can caveat that to Korea because man, we thought we were going one way, and ended up going a couple other ways. But you start looking at aircraft and you start finding out, oh, there's this aircraft and this aircraft. How can we get in the game? And it, and it, and, it, and it's great to then you further your knowledge through a game, historical knowledge, just through a game, and it's fantastic. And then the, the other the other little thing is, you know why they're called boom and zoom chips, right? 
Why don't you tell us? <laughs> well, Andy likes the Luftwaffe, if you can't tell. And, and they had the boom and zoom tactic. So the boom chits are for the, you know, when you get hit, zoom is when you're finished. So it's zoom and boom chits. So well, there you go. What, that, See, I didn't that's know that. Get, yeah, that's where they got the names from. Um, they're... I think we've already answered your question that uh, during our D-Day campaign, we're, we're releasing those scenarios every week of new specific scenarios for not only just bolt action and cruel seas, but there's also blood red sky scenarios in there. I love your idea of a scenario booklet and then having, you know, different time frames. Um, brilliant idea. Right now, it's, it's people keep telling, asking me, he's like, you guys are doing this and you're doing that. You got black powder, you got blood red skies, you got hail Caesar. How can stop? I mean, my, my, my wallet's screaming and, and I, I can't, I can't focus. And it's just, you know, John's, John's favorite term is, you know, history's always happening. History's always, you know, his history's always being made. And, and, uh, we want to try to find, you know, when, when you get that lightning in the bottle, you want to keep going. And people, there's so much t to cover in, in world war two. And, and soon after. And and the idea of the scenarios is great. The idea of, of these different aircraft, that's why we're putting out the the, the booster packs kind of because there's some planes out there we're going to get to eventually. You know, the P-38, the, the P-40, the P-47, the, the 109Gs and the, and the uh, Bettys and, and uh, uh, 262s. Uh, and, of course, then we go to Italy and France, but we'll talk about that later. But we've got the, the, there's stuff out there that just needs to be covered because there's so much out there. So the the, the Facebook page is a, is a real good place because they put some stuff out there. But the equipment packs, I mean the the booster packs are cool because we're also throwing that other element of equipment in there now. Right, and that's that's been a huge one for me. I I like it, and even though you know, even I think the cards kind of caveat it like Malcolm Hood. They go, okay, Malcolm again, Hood. Yep, 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 yep. Not everybody had the Malcolm Hood, but everybody introduced something very similar to it when they realized, hmm, we need better visibility than a flat panel. <laughs> Except for the 109. They had that well, yeah. damn cage yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Those poor bastards no, just could fly different uh, airplanes. Yeah, I, th I think your idea of, of different scenarios is brilliant. And, and uh, that's a good one to ask Andy, and and he'd love that. And, you know, why not have people throw their ideas for scenarios in and make sure it's play-tested, and then we can have, you know, a PDF of nothing. It, it's so cool in the day and age that we have is before you had to contact the company and they'd send you a packet in the mail, and somebody, you know, two to four weeks after you sent your quarter in or whatever it was to get the PDF, you'd get it maybe. But now yeah. you can just download it. I, and, I always uh, laugh because I think about all the uh, old Avalon Hill scenarios for squadron. <laughs> that, that yeah. you know, you used to always have these random packs that would come out in a while, and they're awesome. And some of them you you can't even find anymore. Uh, yep. But but you'd always wait for that issue of the general magazine. So you'd flip it over. Yep. And go, What's the new squad leader scenario? Yep. And exactly. I, I'll be honest. I don't think I probably played more than ten percent of them. But it was cool yep. because a lot of times it was a battle you didn't know about, or some mm -hmm. some new unit was introduced where they would say, okay. Hey, you're going to use the counter for a tiger tank, but it represents this variant. And yeah, and there there were always some neat things to in that. Well, me and my buddy used to play that a lot. And uh, one of our favorites is old Buckhole Station. When I was over in Germany, I, I actually went through Buckholes and I stopped at the at the town sign and took a picture and sent it back to him. He just started laughing his ass off because you know there's Buckholes and there's yeah. the old Buckhole Station. <laughs> God, that brings back memories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but it, yeah, but uh, it's. I think the scenario thing is a great idea. I mean, when they brought out Blood Red Skies two years ago, holy crap, two years ago, um, they did the horn. You know, they did that Hornet attack, and they had the one two hundred skill Hornet that Derek did a great job building, four foot long boat, uh, sorry, vessel, sorry, Navy guys, uh, and uh, <laughs> or ship. Uh, my dad was an old Navy guy, so I have to be careful. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
and they had those, you know, Cates and Val and Zeros attacking with uh, good old Joe Foss and his boys coming off the decks, and then the Wildcats coming. It was great. And and the, well, the, I want the, you to know that that I haven't been listening to a thing you've been saying because I just had to go back and remember which scenario it was. And by the way, it was scenario seven out of the original. Yep, scenario seven. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So, but 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 your your point about doing you know individual scenarios that are historically uh, based is, is awesome. I think uh, I think that's something that the community would want. I know I know Brett that really drives his hobby kind of sure. uh, kind of machine thing. And for me, it just it drives the learning a different part of the battle that I thought I knew about. But no, it's really focused on this very narrow piece of it because it's a scenario. It's not you know just mm-hmm. generically simulating the Battle of Britain or something else. Sure did like those uh, those D-Day scenarios that came out. In fact, I was downloading them and sending them to these guys, you know, sharing them on our messenger, uh, yeah, and stuff. And I was like, kind of worried, like, man, I hope I don't, I hope I don't lose these. I, I hope that uh, you know, sometime I can I can get a collection. You know, that's where the idea probably came from. Was after seeing those, like, wow, these are awesome. This is the kind of thing yep. that's going to make me want to build this squadron and this squadron mm-hmm. and paint this one. And you know, we're already talking about North Africa stuff. And I, you know, I'm going to double up on squadron boxes just so I can do whole new. Uh, paint and, and I think and all that. that's that's kind of the problem is that uh, Chris and I had this great focus with Brett that we said, OK, we've got Eastern Front covered. We've got Western mm. Front covered. We can we can at least go play North Africa and fool around with that as uh, as Chris is finishing up some of his Russian uh, fighters that he's building. Yeah. But so this little teaser came out that said uh, Pacific Arena might be a focus for 2020, <laughs> including a new starter set. So. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for a spoiler there. Should should uh, we be painting a lot more Pacific instead of North Africa? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very yeah. generic answer. Yeah, they, we, they, we're looking to move into. Yeah, that's the glory of World War II is that there was so much of it going on. And, and uh, right now, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have this it, we have this theme that. It's Axis Allies, Axis Allies, Axis Allies. Um, last month, we did Axis to Japanese. This month, Allies to Russian. Right. Next month, Axis. So you, you'll kind of see that um, 109Gs, uh, 262s. Uh, then I think it's uh, P40s and P47s. So, you know, and of course, if we do P40s, what's the ace we're going to do? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, I'm going to let someone Tex else Hill. guess. <laughs> exactly. Texhill. Texhill. Yeah. And then uh, P... P-47s, it's got to be Gabby. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so we'll have those. And, and it's funny when we, so when we lay out that. make me ask the card. Do I get to play them twice? Can I play them in a uh, Sabre as well? Uh, look at the uh, <laughs> look at the card for Galand. <laughs> look at the Galand's card. If, if you can get it, that guy's out of print now. But if you can yeah, get Galand's have to, card, have, uh, look at his card. I, I think all and, three of uh, us have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gone. Uh, there's a thing on there that says, it says uh, Jet on there as well so gabby Excellent. of course's card would have yep. jet on there you know gabby's one of those doubles uh it's what's what's really great about these is people start looking into the history and they start thinking about what they could do and how they're going and and you can really knuckle down into an expansion for example what i'm doing one of my favorite pastimes uh uh or, or one of my rabbit holes i went down maybe way too far in is a bolt action saint nazaire operation chariot right I ended up building a whole Nazaire uh, port and researching all my bolt action guys. Got the names of the of the actual commandos on the back. I contacted one of the guys who wrote the book. I got an autograph from one of the guys that participated in the raid, and, and it's and I set that up. But now what I can do with Cruel Seas, I got the Campbell. We were gonna, World Order is going to produce Campbelltown here pretty soon, and you can do that. 
But also what was going on in the town of Nazaire nearby was a harassment nighttime raid by the, the uh, Royal Air Force. And now you can get a Royal Air Force bombers going on there, and I'm modifying some of my ME-110s into Nakiagas yep. with, with the aerial in front. So now I can do a scenario of the Nakiagas fighting the harassment bombing at the same time that the bolt action is going on, at the same time that the cruel season is going on. So you got this three-way event that can go crazy, and you can do the same thing for Guadalcanal. And there's yeah. so much... So much, you know, a lot of people focus on Europe because they're just like us. And, and, and the Pacific was so different. And I think that's what was great about the, the Pacific uh, uh, series. Like the Blander Brothers helped people expand and know their knowledge of not just the, the airborne, but Europe. But the Pacific really opened people's minds to just how nasty that was. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people had they didn't like it as much because it wasn't as relatable. And it's funny because you, you, yeah. Yeah, you've got Chris and I that are both Marines that we've been steeped in that, uh, that historical tradition of Guadalcanal yeah. and all that. And we're like, yeah. oh, no oh, shocker I, I, there. I, to, <laughs> yeah. this day, to this day, I'll never forget going to see Saving Private Ryan at Camp Lejeune. And I can't remember what I was in the Marine Corps at the time, but there was an old retired guy with a World War II hat in there. And he turned around. We, we, me and my wife were just in awe of what, what you know that battle, watching Omaha Beach yeah. unfold. He turned around to us, looked right at us, says, we did that five times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and just as a side note, because there's two of you on board, I just want to let you know that me and Steve Smith, the guy who also wrote Korea, we made sure that uh, Sergeant Reckless is in there and she's represented. Excellent. Excellent. Well, yep. you know, it, there's it, a figure in everything. So, so, so I always laugh at, at how many people, and we've talked, uh, I know a number of times with Chris that, that people don't know all the history until they suddenly get in there and, uh, dig through the rule books and dig through the, uh, the different, uh, ace packs that are sometimes put out and go, Oh, wow. Who are these people that are, that are, uh, that are actually being featured. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Ace of the Day Kirkwood, you know, and of course everybody knows Pappy, but, and that's the other thing that's cool about those rule books is we intentionally wrote them in that 40-esque feel, the old Coke ads and, the, and that right. line art, right. and, and, it, and it, it, sets it, it sets the pace right from the beginning. And, well, I think it, just, it does, and, and I'll, you know, I know we all hate to compare other games and other rule systems, but no, I think no, no, it's great. that's another thing that Dust 1947 has done well yes. in their reboot is that they have kept that pulp feel to it um, and all the way into their app and everything else that it's, it's branding, for lack of a better term. You you feel yeah. like the game belongs in that uh, in that era, and so it's it's. If it's only would cool. somebody do you know, and if only would somebody do uh, Luf off of forty six. Oh wait, I shouldn't <laughs> say about that. <laughs> exactly, I shouldn't talk about that now. <laughs> that sounds like but, a uh, wonderful spoiler. I'll have to explore later because that would be kind of fascinating. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, it's it's really cool. And then now you know we we let the cat out of the bag at, at uh, this weekend, and Andy's been talking about it, alluding to it. The uh, ground attack rules are just going right. uh, it's oh my god the, the whole another level of that and what he's done with that is just phenomenal. Oh god, I, I'm a Russian player, so I, oh, I Sturmoviks! I cannot wait to fly Sturmoviks and just blow up tanks. <laughs> I just cannot wait to eat tanks, and yeah. uh, that's been one of my things. One of the things that got me into this game was I played the computer simulation. I'll do Sturmovik, so. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Fly, yep. fly that plane online. And now the cinematic feel of this game is just, it sucked me right back in. I mean, that, that whole computer community went away. But then when I started being able to paint one, 200 mm -hmm. scale airplanes, and it yep. gave me reason to go into the basement, dig all of my books on the Russian front out, and, and start delving into stuff now. So it's, yep. it's been a blast. It's been a blast. Well, I, I have can't to ask you, the rules. Yeah, I have to ask you too. You've got Johnny, don't you? So I do. 
<laughs> Excellent. I love fact, that comic strip. I've got Johnny. I've got all of Johnny Rollins Ritz comics. They just showed up from Amazon a couple weeks. <laughs> and see, that's where I got. And you know, Mitch, bless his heart. Um, he loves me and he hates me because every time he sees me, he knows he's buying another game. Uh, and yeah. it's just uh, yep. he he bought Gates of Antares that way. <laughs> he bought <laughs> Strontium Dog that way, and he bought Blood Red Skies that way. And uh, it, it's just the way those games make you feel. And then when I was I, I was just talking to him about the the hurricane uh arc that uh you can buy it's a, one of the comic strips for johnny and you know we're all 30 plus 40 plus guys here and we've all read comic books and graphic novels that was the first time in my life that a graphic novel had me tearing up at the end of that one because that was just it hit me right in the chest because you know it starts off with some young entrepreneurial asshole's got all this money he wants to buy an oh, yeah. aircraft you know and 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 it goes on and you're just like damn and the twists in the book and the and the mm -hmm. art is just great too it's just oh yeah well, how was, did this how did this airplane end up in russia oh it was just lindley yeah. oh no 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 yeah the story is much yeah. deeper than that i mean it yeah. was that, yeah it was bad. that was a really bad oh i was sending pictures to brett and doug when we were on, on our little private facebook messenger when i was reading the comic it was like you guys got to check this out the art and it's incredible so yeah it oh, was the a stories part. yeah and the it was story really just gets, gets you in the chest and Poor Mitch. I mean, yeah, I didn't even get into talking about it. He, I could hear him clacking on his computer. So okay, I ordered it. <laughs> he, he didn't, he <laughs> Sucker. Just, he, yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, he's a good guy at heart, and, it, and, it, and it's it's just one of those the the rabbit holes you can go down and modify. It. And then the idea is how you can take an aircraft and you can modify it into a you know an ME one ten Nakiyager or right. and and the the people out there. It, it always amazes me the people in this hobby what they can do painting wise and and what they can what can find out i discovered here's a real uh, good tip for you to help speed up your painting somebody on the facebook page started talking about flory washes that's that's uh foxtrot lima oscar uh romeo yankee flory f-l-o-r-y flory washes and i've been screaming about them for the last month now and uh it's a this guy if you if you look it up on the on the on uh youtube it's this british guy it's a 30-minute video, and he, and he takes a 135th scale tank. I think it's a Challenger. And, he, and it's a clay-based, water-soluble solution. Uh, and you go, he goes from one end of that tank to the other, and he's done. The effect's dry. He goes back and rubs it down with a, 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 either a paper towel or a um, chew tip, and it's done. So I had to try a bottle of it, but unfortunately, it's a British company, British uh, thing, and you can buy them in eight packs from England. Or, thank God, there is a there's a there's a store called High Altitude Hobbies. Maybe I should get some some credit from these guys, but yeah. High Altitude <laughs> Hobbies in Leadville, Colorado. I bet you they're out, they're selling out of it now. But High Altitude Hobbies in Leadville, Colorado, you can get it for seven bucks a bottle. You order on Monday, you get it on a Thursday. It comes, you know, how many? It's seven bucks a bottle, and you get a you get the Flory Wash uh, pinup girl sticker. It's about four inches square, and uh, I tried it on four Corsairs. I airbrushed dark blue on the top, light blue on the bottom, and then I hand painted the rockets, and then I had four of them. I started with one, washed them top and bottom, washed each one of them. By the time I was done with the fourth one, I went back to the first one. And when you use this wash, you have to put it in a separate uh, container. You don't want to use it straight out of the bottle because you contaminate it, but I brushed it on. By the time I was finished, five minutes, ten minutes later, it was dry. I took that the, the Q-tip, licked it, ran it across my wings, and they were all inked. 
and it was done. I didn't have to seal them. I didn't have to put a, a null oil on them. I didn't have to use alcohol afterwards. It was done. And the beauty is, if you mess up, it's water soluble. You just wash the plane off and start again. Yeah, Flory I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Florymodels.org. <laughs> he's got it on there, and he's got, uh, a couple Mirage and F16, some other ones yeah. that uh, looks like You'll it's pretty surprised. easy, easy. Oh yeah, it, it, it's going to cut down your painting time in you know I don't want to say in half, but damn, it's going to make it. It's going to just kill. I did my 110s in those. I did those Corsairs. I tried on other models. It's 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 amazing. It's almost as good as contrast paints, I guess. I don't know. Or better, <laughs> yeah, I think it's better, yeah, but, you you know. had to say contrast paints. <laughs> well, I did, everybody's. Don't, I, get, it's just, don't get Chris you know, all spooled. Here we go again with, you know, the, if it wasn't for them, the Mac Daddies, you know, we wouldn't be around it. And God bless them when they didn't crash. It was great because if they ever went down, it would have been like Toys R Us going down. It, it was, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, they do what they do. And, and you know, 90% of the people who work for Warlord, me included, used to work for them. So, I mean, right. they had a training <laughs> mechanism that works and thank God for them. And, you know, when, in, when not if, but when you guys get over to, to Warlord, you're going to see that lead, the, the lead mile. I mean, literally 50 feet or 50 yards from the doorstep of Warlord, you can hit North Star, Footsore, Lucid right. Eye, uh, DZ Games, War Games Illustrated, uh, River Horse, a mile down the road's Mantic, two miles down the road's Games Workshop, and it's all right there. And it, and it's and they're all pretty much friendly. It's all pretty good. Uh, and it's... Every year they come up with something new. I remember, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago they came up. Oh, this yellow will cover everything. Yeah, well, it didn't quite cover everything. But, <laughs> you know, and 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 the, and the there's good guys and bad guys for the contrast, and it's great. And I'm glad. You, I mean, I've been painting like that for a long time. Just you know, your base colors and your wash, and you're done. But this flurry wash, I, I swear, you guys, this flurry wash is well worth the investment. You're gonna love well, it. Talking about paints, there's also that rumor that uh, you know Warlord's looking at some paint sets to help you know people uh, kind of get started with the aircraft because sometimes sure. it's it's a little intimidating i know uh at least for for brett and chris and i we have a couple brands that we like so brett and i were the lazy ones that went out and just grabbed the vallejo air you know aircraft oh, God, yes. sets <laughs> sets by color because we're like hey what does it say battle of britain i'm playing a battle of britain game perfect yep. winner yep. <laughs> but, so, but some people may not have that luxury um or they may not like you know working with with an airbrush paint uh on on a model like this um mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you put the the stock in? Is uh, is Warlord going to probably do that for the Blood Red Skies piece, like they've done for? Oh yeah, other I'm lines? sure we do. We, you know, we're we're hooked in with Army Painter, and 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 uh, we we've done it for all the bolt actions. So there's no reason why we can't roll it over into the aircraft. Yeah, I, I, I like I, the I, Army I, Painter I, stuff. I I swear by it. Yep. Chris laughs at me sometimes when I use their strong tone and some other things on my aircraft. Sure. Um, but it's it's what I'm comfortable with. I really like how their paint works on my 28 mil models. Uh, so it's easy for me to to bring some of that over to uh to the well, aircraft. And there's always those ones that, you know, there's the Badger's got some great airbrush lines that I use. And then you can always go to Hobby Lab and get that ceramic coat for a buck a bottle. <laughs> well, you know, so so we kind of we, we kind of have that love hate relationship where uh, all of us say, hey, I found a new paint. And the rest of us like, oh, really? Really? We, we, <laughs> like we need it. We need another one. Uh, yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll blame Chris. Normally it's Chris that says, hey, look what I just found. Hey, and, like I went out and bought the MIG paints for the RAF planes just because I wanted to see if they were any good. And I, Oh, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to tell you, those MIG paints are some of the best damn paints I've ever put through my hair. Amen, <laughs> amen, amen, brother. And those guys are awesome at Adepticon. And that's another place oh you guys got to get I to. That RAF, I bought the RAF um, early war set and um, did my son Spitfires with them. And it, it just, it, it, I've been using Vallejo for years, but the MIG stuff is, it is top shelf stuff. No mixing, right out of the bottle. It was perfect. Boom, and that's what Badger does too. And and it, and it, when when not again if when you guys get to Adepticon, 
Again. <laughs> uh, uh, that, 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 is, that is the Mac Daddy. You know, you've been there. You know what it's yeah. like. It's oh, the yeah. Mac Daddy because everybody's there with all the paints and all the painters. You know, well, Wapple's we'll, there and Kathy's there, and it's just. We'll do something different this year. I mean, I know that uh, that Brett and Chris and I, we, we do love playing Heresy, and we love going to playing Zoom oh, yeah. and spending some time there, and, and we'll see how they, they shuffle around with their change in schedule. But I think uh, what we'd like to see, and you know, we'd love to, to partner with you guys, is we'd love to have an opportunity to do some more Blood Red Skies stuff there. Um, sure. And maybe actually the good painters like Chris <laughs> might actually be <laughs> able to uh, – to demo to the bad painters like me, uh, you know, some of those techniques and some things in, in some of the off time. Well, let's just throw around a gauntlet and say, you know, hey, guys, let's let's do a, a Friday night bolt action thing. Let's put it out. You you promote it, I'll promote it. And say, hey, look, uh, Lead Pursuit and, and War of Games are combining to, sh- to give you a Blood Red Skies event Friday night. Bring your paints. Bring your planes. Let's have it, have, you know, let's, let, let's duke it out and have some fun. And Warlord will throw down some prizes and we can really crack that open and just have some fun. Sounds like a great idea. I'm all for it. Let's We're do in. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's, that was an easy sell. That's too easy. See, see I told you. Mitch told you. Is there free pizza? Yeah. Free pizza. There you go. I'll buy the pizza. Done. As long as pizza, Chris is there. He will teach yeah. for hours. Oh, yeah, we can, that, maybe, that's we, awesome. We, 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 we'll, we'll break James, out, James and Kathy out of the, the Wapa Castle, and, and maybe they come over and show up some paint stuff and uh, yeah, bring I some of that floor and wash. And, yeah, it'd be great. Awesome. Well, what are some of the other things that uh, that you think people need to know about uh, in the coming months? I know everyone's obviously spooled up for Mig Alley. They're, mm-hmm. We're we're trying to uh, to pace ourselves for when it comes for the airstrike rules because I guess it's going to be about to December uh, when we're going to see that next. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, October. What November, are some other things yeah. to, should uh, people kind of be looking for in the uh, Blood Red Skies world? Well, we we're. We're trying to cover as many airframes as we can, but we also realize that we, we can't get it all there. So that's what the, 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 the uh, booster packs kind of came out with, the, the right. extra stuff. Uh, the guys on Facebook put out beta cards a lot. Um, uh, and, and there's some, some crazy rules on there that people love and hate. I mean, you, you have a chance to have the whole network of people, the, the whole forum, give a chance to think if your rules are good or not. There's there's some jet rules out there that, that, that are okay. A, a female put out, and some people said they're great, so... You go check those out. Uh, not, not jet rules like Korea, but I mean Vietnam and stuff. You know, right. for that VFR stuff. So, uh, I, I mean, be beyond the visual range stuff. Be <clears throat> so that there's that. Um, we're starting to key in on on the scenarios. We're starting to key in on the ground attack. That the ground attack will open up a whole nother uh, aspect. So now you could do the blood red skies to the like you you put a one inch square, two inch square on the on the on the middle of your board and you fight to get in there and you dive into that and then you switch over into the ground attack or the bolt action and then you come out of that and you come back up on the board so you, you can change worlds basically and that's something that, that Andy's been working on uh, that are in that ground attack rules and some of the scenarios there's like nine or ten more scenarios in that packet so that comes Absolutely. out Absolutely. Well, and, and you guys have I, we really appreciate that you guys have uh, been as forthright as you can with the information and sharing things with us uh, once we get ourselves over the hurdle of uh, of Mig Alley, I know a lot of people have been asking us, asking you and Mitch and other people that have played it. Uh, but once we get over the hurdle of that release, uh, I think we're really going to concentrate on on what we know about Airstrike and and kind of mm-hmm. helping to uh, to answer some of the questions that the uh, that the the rest of the hobby world has about it because I think it has a lot of potential. You know, Mitch and I go back and forth on it. Obviously, he's a he's a big U.S. Air Force uh, capital I and interdiction kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. So uh, getting him to think about bombs coming off aircraft sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes he'd rather yeah. just uh, do the air to air, which I understand. But um, I think it's going to be an interesting release. And I think that there's uh, there's a lot of things we'll see in the coming months as, as you guys have shared some information with us 
and we get a chance to play it and uh, and kind of tell the rest of the Blood Reds guys community where it's going. We, uh, we're obviously all three of us are in all in on the uh, MIG alley, and uh, we'll be yep. painting MIGs here very soon. Uh, for the for the next release, uh, what should I have on my on my table right now? I've got um, I do Luftwaffe and and I do Japanese. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, well, you said you knew Japanese and what? Japanese and uh, Germans. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, first generation jet will be out before the end of the year, uh, the 262. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that's going to be Nowatney. Uh, and, of course, when we do the F, you know, a lot of people just kind of look, look at us cross-sided. We haven't done a certain individual, but we haven't done his aircraft. So when the 109G comes out, of course, he will enter the board. And that's going to be a whole other <laughs> evolution of aircraft. Are there any uh, any boxes I need to be picking up for, uh, for a ground attack specifically? Uh, well, the typhoons will come out after that, so we'll have typhoons and they'll have rockets. Uh, okay, bull fighter is pretty good. Uh, the Corsair's got rockets on the. I mean, it's molded with rockets on the wing, so that's a good one. <laughs> you guys uh, looking for Stuka uh, uh, with the uh, Manny tank guns on it, possibly? I would like to. S- yeah, 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 Rudel. Some of some Rudel. I would like to see that. Uh, uh, the the Ju eighty seven's got those wheels that you have to tack on, and and uh, yeah. hopefully they they would do a thirty seven cannon wheel co- combination, and you could just pop it on there. So that would be kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, the four tens. Grab a four ten box. Uh, the, right. the German four tens, because those were just all it takes is a little drill and a, and a pin in the front. And I got that thirty seven in the front nose to take care of things. Uh, Air Cobras <laughs> uh, would would be a good one. B twenty fives. Of course, yeah. we don't do those I, I'm yet. Looking, but, you know. Well, you, you've got the card out there, so I know there's a couple uh, cheap plastic ones that are around there. I think it's it's worth uh, playing some Pacific scenarios. B twenty fives. Maybe running around the islands and getting if they get bounced by uh, Japanese fighters. Oh sure, sure, sure. And then uh, I don't know if we'll do an Oka quite yet, you know. But that was a whole other thing. And we're talking about, and it was it was released uh, this weekend about we're gonna do probably we've got a new re- resin. It's called Warlord resin. It's it's not plastic. It's not. Uh, it, it's a nice amalgamation of the of the medium, and it's not the crap. I mean the fine cast that Games Workshop came out with. And it, so and it's glad not you, quite, you're not that. Not fail cast, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we always call it crap cast, but you know. But, you know, um, uh, and it's not the Reaper uh, uh, flexibility. It, it's a little more uh, solid. I gotta watch my words. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's an already audience. It's stiffer. Okay, so there you go. But, uh, well, you know, Brett's used to talk about things that are stiffer because, you know. There you go. There you go. It, hey, it's but, not bad if it's spooning in the field. If it's squad spooning, that's okay. Army that's right. training, okay. sir. That's right. That's the fact, Jack. Uh, so we got Your body uh, heat's your friend. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So it's no matter whose it is. That's right. That's right. So so that's going to be, I think, pretty good to 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 run down. Uh, or, cool. Well, you know, you came out with those. Uh, I got my expansion pack for the Luftwaffe right away when it came out, and I yeah, uh, I got some. HE-111s and some DO-17s, and I just got base coats on them uh, this past weekend. So, I'm, you know, I'm going to figure out how to use them as well. So, Yeah, if if, if you guys go out there and you're on your travels, try to look and find and, and dig in those old hobby stores. Uh, Galand is not available right now, or probably I think we're done with that run, as well as the JU-88s. So right. uh, the, the those are off our list now, but they're fantastic aircraft, and they're they're – if you can get them, add them to your 
to your uh, mix. And the same thing with the old Jenny. The old JU-52 was used in so many different places and so many different things. Um, when I picked up mine, the, the thoughts of scenarios that you guys have talked about before. Not only can we do Crete, now we can also do Stalingrad relief. We can drop off troops or ammo or whatever. You know, it's just yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, we, let, let's do Operation Strasser, which was the last Luftwaffe drop into the Battle of the Bulge <laughs> with about eighty percent green <laughs> troopers. You know, that was a win. Yeah, I think there's so many options when you start looking at some of uh, some of the planes that are right now harder to get, like Ju fifty twos. I know the uh, the laugh that we always have is that. There's a fine line between accumulating these airplanes uh, and and gr- having great hobby progress and still not having time to play. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I broke down. Time. Yeah, I broke down. I uh, we visit Hobby Lobbies a lot over here. I don't know if you have them out there, um, but uh, Hobby Lobby's got uh, a, a nice selection of of models and paints and stuff like that. But they also have a they get them in sleeves. They, they, they get them in sets. You can't order individually, but they get like a one 200 scale uh, Corsair and a one 200 scale, I think a maybe 250 scale P50, but they get a one 200 scale 38. And uh, the 38s, that's a damn sexy aircraft, you know, and it's, it's the one that our highest, right, you know, highest uh, ace of all time in the Americas, you know, Bong flew. Right. And uh, it, it comes painted, it's five bucks a piece. And it's, uh, I've been buying them every time I go to Hobby Lobby because I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do, I think, we're doing this big event um, in Michigan, uh, Michigan GT up at Lansing on October 10th and 11th. And uh, uh, Jeff, is, I had no is, idea you guys were going to be up here. If only I am we knew someone guy. who lived in Michigan. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, and what we're going to do is we we, we, uh, we were there last year, had a great time, and and they've given us the convention tournament to run. So everybody's going to be there Friday and. The tournament is Saturday, but you, you always want to do something Friday night just to get you ready, get your juices flowing. So we're going to run a palate cleanser, I call them, and that you, it's its the old Outrider days. Me and Jeff and a lot of us are old Outriders. So what we're doing is we're working on getting up two tables. Uh, they're going to be four by eight, four by tens. Uh, one table will have 4,000 Japanese points on one side and 4,000 points of Marines on the other side, bolt action-wise. And the other table will be a crap ton or ass load of aircraft <laughs> from the Japanese and from the and the Americans, uh, 38s, uh, Wildcats, uh, Hellcats. We're going to use Wildcats as Hellcats. We know we're just going to have a ton of everything's painted. You just walk up and grab a squadron. You just walk up and grab a squad of guys, and you just play as long as you want. Then you walk away, and that way it just gets you in that mindset, gets you ready. And that's the 10th, 11th of uh, uh, October up in Lansing, and and then the next day we're going to have a bunch of bolt action, uh, fun and games going on with. Table sponsored from Sarissa and uh, Blacksite Studios and uh, Military Building Authority and and uh, oh and TT Combat. We're teaming up with them. And in the meantime, going on, we're going to run. I'm going to run the uh, Yama, Yamamoto scenario. So that's just oh, going to be that would be a oh fun. yeah yeah come on right you know some zeros some you know, P38s and some Bettys. What could go wrong? Yeah, so exactly. It's just, <laughs> so it's one of those that's just it's a great little event. It's a cool little quirky little hotel and. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And then uh, I've got some guys out there that are really, uh, I call them my raiders, and, and they help us out. So we're able to um, hit different um, places. For example, the, the same weekend that I'll be at ReaperCon on the 31st of August to the 3rd of September during the Labor Day weekend, uh, one of my raiders, Jay Casper, is going to be up at Tacticon uh, running events just like me. So we're able to cover three or four events 
on the same weekend instead of just one. Nice. I'm really nice. looking forward to that that uh, Michigan GT, and uh, it's going to be a hoot. Well, and cool. then, of course, at the end of the year, oh, I have a lot of them. I mean, we do three or four events a month, but another good one is up in Minneapolis. We do the Renegade GT with the Snafu guys and the Snafu right. podcast guys, and, and we really have a fun time up there. And it's only <laughs> the venue is only five minutes away from my sister's house. So <laughs> How it's, convenient. It's a win. It all works out. It's a win. Is there yeah. any good place that people can go to kind of find uh, one consolidated list for uh, for this for Warlord-type games like Blood Red Skies, uh, Bolt Action, and things like that? Sure. Uh, go to uh, www.warlordgames.com, the website, and go to the very bottom, and it says, "Are you? do you get our newsletter? Why not? Put your email address in there, and you'll get an email. You'll get a, a, a newsletter every Wednesday and Friday. You get two new, newsletters a week, and somewhere on there, there's an events tab. And I try to get all the events I can in there when we can. And, and if you have an event that's going on near, near you, you plug it in there. Uh, Richard and his crew, George and, and Sarah and all those folks uh, do a damn good job of trying to stay ahead of things. And, and Richard, Richard loves uh, Blood Red Skies. And uh, uh, we, we've been, we swap stuff back and forth all the time. And I, I have to go over two, three times, four times a year just to make sure I'm intact and I know what's going on with the with the uh, HQ guys, so we need Excellent. to sit down a lot. Well, well, and, if you need uh, someone to carry out. your bags, is uh, I'm copy. sure I can. <laughs> I'm sure I can do that. Yeah. Brett might want yeah, to go. There's a reason. Why, there's a reason why I carry two two suitcases. One's always empty. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come back with lots and lots of product. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. Well, John, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. I know we Anytime, guys. we're all over the page uh, with a lot of cool different things, and hopefully, there's some information out there that guys hadn't heard yet. Um, but we definitely features, will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll definitely get back with you, especially as uh, as Mig Alley rolls out uh, and more people kind of get their hands on the game to start playing with it and asking questions and saying, hey, what if? Yeah. What about this airplane? What about this scenario? Uh, to see it, It's looking – yeah, it's looking like I'm going to be out in California on the 10th of uh, August uh, out in the San Diego area. There's a couple of stores there. I'm going to be out there for the release of Korea, and, of course, I'll swing by uh, the uh, stables where Reckless is buried and, and drop a flower or two. And uh, Mitch will be doing a simulcast kind of thing with the release of Migali at the Pentagon, I think the week after when it comes out. So we're trying to mesh these two together. And uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you're not doing anything out in California, you're not doing anything out in the Pentagon, you know, swing on by. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that just totally conflicts with our planned wargaming day, but we'll figure something out. (laughs) I think I'm finding some airline points to go to San Diego. Who wants to go to San Diego with me? There you go. Are you paying? Yeah, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> no, this is not Adepticon. Doesn't work oh, that way. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adepticon is such. It is such. It is. It is the largest non. Uh, it's the largest. Oh, what, what do I say? It's the Mac Daddy. It's the largest independent convention in the United States. It is right. just. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. <laughs> and I'd rather do. And, and the other thing, guys. And I know we, we, before we go, I'd rather do. One Adepticon or, or, or nine or ten small little cons like NashCon or DiCon or GengisCon. I, I love going to these little cons, two, three, four hundred people. And I get more time to talk to people. I get more time to show things. And, and, I, and I think we get a bigger exposure than one Gen Con because I'm not knocking Gen Con. Gen Cons are great. It, it is the mecca of all gaming in the United States and North America. And it's great, but it wasn't what it used to be. And I don't know if you guys have been to Gen Con lately, but the best analogy for me is is that Bob and, and Tom and Jerry and, and Sheila all want to go play D&D at, at, at Ricky's place. But uh, Bob has got a new book he wants to talk about, and Ricky's got a new <laughs> movie, and, and, and Sheila's got a pizza. And uh, 
we sit down, eat the pizza, watch the movie, and we don't play a lick of role playing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's and it's not historical. Historicon is for that. And Historicon it, it did a great job. The venue was 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 great. The the room for the vendors was great. The the, the playing room had had some issues for for sound. But I mean, who doesn't when you put a hundred tables and about you know five hundred guys in there trying to play the same game? So or different games? So yeah, I wish but, I'd uh, kept that on my schedule, but I just had a lot of too many other things that had been well, planned. And, and people were kind of bitching a little bit about parking, but the great thing about the parking was if you parked it next to the place, it was only like a block and a half walk. And if that was full, they told you to go someplace else and you could get your parking validated. So parking was free. Yeah. So it was, it, it was a good event and it was a good change. And thank God the vendors hall had carpet. That's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> oh, and then like it was a Friday night, a Friday or no, a Saturday. I think the HMGS guys bought a keg of beer for everybody. So even right better. Our booth. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, people yeah. coming by the booth, it was, it was a captive audience. And all of a sudden you're the most popular booth there. It's weird how that works out. Uh, <laughs> Well, awesome. Okay, guys, I'll shut up now. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't oh, no, no, sounds good. So, well, so could we, but I know uh, Chris has to ditch out of here. Uh, he's probably uh, already running on his way out because I know he has a couple things to do. We appreciate you taking the time. Anytime, I'm here for you guys. It's awesome. So we'll uh, we'll get you back on and we'll talk about a couple of the other things we want to pick your brain about for some spoilers. Um, but for now, I really want to thank you for being on here. Thanks for our listeners uh, for putting up with us on the Lead Pursuit podcast and throwing your questions our way. And if any of you uh, have questions for John that we didn't answer this time around, shoot that to us on Facebook, Instagram. You can also uh, leave us comment forms on the website, uh, and we'll definitely address those the next time we get you on. Thanks, John. Thanks, get ready for, and get ready for Andy because he'll you know, oh, you've got no. a oh. man, so get ready. <laughs> that might have to be uh, broken into a couple segments when we talk to him. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, guys. Hey, have a All great right. night. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Really appreciate Thanks, it. John.